Can we also talk about that bizarre song and dance number? That is never explained. Do you remember the man in the helmet singing about putting the criminals away and there are women dancing in tight dresses? I mean, that was my own acid trip (laughs) in the middle of the film. Like, so that happened. This is episode 91 of Flix Watcher, the podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher podcast. Today, I'm joined by Helen. Hello. (laughs) Surprise there. Hannah. Hello. And Taylor. Hiya. And those guys are from the Drunk Women Sovereign Crime Podcast. Yeah. And we're talking about a crime documentary, Out of Thin Air. Come find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. Visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us an awesome review. So guys, just as a big reminder, all films on the podcast were available on Netflix at the time of recording. There will be bad language. There will be spoilers. I hope you enjoy it. See you later. Hello and welcome to a Flix Watcher podcast. Today in our studio, we are joined by Taylor and Hannah. If you would like to say hello to our lovely listeners and tell them about the podcast that you work on together. Well, we are from Drunk Women Solving Crime, which pretty much does what it says on the tin. Yeah, that's pretty much what we do. It's true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Oh. Brilliant. That is your strap line, isn't it? It is the strap line. Yeah. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Just so people are clear that it's a comedy podcast going into it. Um, it's not a sword and scale. It's, yeah. So we um, we came up with the concept, the three of us, um, myself, so who's, who's Hannah missing? and Katie Wilkins. Yeah. Um, not surprisingly, we came up with the idea in a pub. Um, and we started with the title and then we just started riffing on uh, some true crime cases and sort of structuring it like a quiz and also sharing some crime cases of our own. Um, yes, as we women, thought. we have been a uh, victim of many crime and yep. mm-hmm. we get a guest on every week. Um, so our guests will start with the uh, the guest's uh, crime that they've been a victim of. And we've had some absolutely insane ones. I yeah. mean, it's been, it's been brilliant. Some, well, one of them has actually been uh, dramatised in a TV show at one point. Oh, really? Yeah, someone's crime, which is just insane. I haven't heard that episode yet then. Yeah, no. Narina Palo. It's oh, okay. yeah, it's amazing. It's it a really great, is. great story. And then um, yeah, we've just had all sorts, and that's a lot of fun. That kind of whets the appetite for the crime. The one I, the last one I listened to was um, the lady who who was me too when she was like ten years old. Oh, Dana oh, Alexander yeah. <laughs> on a gravitron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coined the term gravitron after that. Me too, but she said I was me too'd by a five-year-old. So we didn't know how to feel about that one. We're like, is he is he innocent because he's five? And no, we like. Tore that kid a new one. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you understood physics well enough to commit that crime. So, yeah, there's this thing of just sort of letting it letting it loose as women. And the thing about drinking during it is it's no inhibitions. And we try to solve everything. And I think we do. We yeah. tie up everything into a neat little bow after some gin, don't we, Hannah? <laughs> we certainly do. Yeah. It's always gin. It's gin a lot, but we've had donations from lots of companies. Um, yeah, so we've, we've had can. a lot of ale, a lot of IPA. Yeah, it's great. That's what we get. We, we tend to get a lot of free booze with this podcast, which is amazing. Oh, nice. Like from day doing one. doing it wrong. Yeah. That was yeah. really the master plan. We're like, <laughs> format? No, we just want some beer from the beer companies. We got some free popcorn for a while, but that makes, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. And then it went. And then, and then it stopped. Yeah, just coming. think of the thing you like the most in the world and start a podcast with it and then ask people to send you free stuff. <laughs> Why did the popcorn stop? Why did the popcorn dry up? I guess we didn't ask for it anymore. Well... <laughs> It was very nice. It was. It was, it was super probably sweet too though. nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately. Did you- popcorn shed. Thank you for your popcorn. 
where we were we we're are still doing our podcast if yes. you'd like to send us more send popcorn, us more popcorn. It's quite nice. We had a little night. We had a little popcorn break, and we talked about popcorn. Oh yeah, I had. I had an episode. I listened to an episode with the popcorn. So that's not happening. Oh, I'll see you guys later. (laughs) (laughs) We've got. We haven't got gin either. No, I feel as though we've planned this wrong. We've let it down, but we have got jelly babies and pretzels. We have some pretzels left. Oh, I'm so happy with the sundries. Honestly, (laughs) I've eaten all the pretzels. I thought you were just being like cute. You're like, ah, some pretzels maybe, but there are pretzels. They're actual. I will stay all day. Um, we're here talking about the film Out of the Air, which is your choice, Taylor. Yes, yes, can, indeed. Can you give us a two-minute synopsis and tell us why you chose this film? I will try, but I, I'm a rambling woman, so I will, tr- I will do my absolute best. I chose it because we are from Drunk Women Solving Crime, and I thought, hey, let's have a true crime documentary, which I'm a fan of. So um, it involves a double homicide um, a case that ended up being one investigated case from 1974 in Reykjavik in Iceland. Mm. Um, I picked it because I loved uh, this sort of bleak landscape and the background of this. And it involves largely this woman named Erla you meet at the beginning who gets involved uh, with what was suspected as this really powerful uh, gang of criminals who eventually all get arrested and spend time in jail. The bodies are never found. And so there are a lot of questions around the tactics that were uh, used during their interrogations. Um, and a lot of it is looked at as a retrospective um, and uh, gets into a lot of detail about the nature of uh, interrogation and implanting memories mm-hmm. and... Inceptioning people. Yes. Um, some really intense stuff. And I, I used to be a psychotherapist before I went into comedy. So I'm obsessed with this idea of sort of implanting memories. And it was very much of the time. So how, well. how real is this? Because I'm always... I don't know when you watch these things, you think... No, I tell it. I would stand... I'll be steadfast. I would this is, have the story in my mind because that's the truth. Right. Um, and how easy is it to, to but if you, manipulate people's memories? Well, let's try it right now, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine though you're, you're in a jail cell and you've not seen anyone for, you know, days and days and you start thinking, well, maybe if I say this, they might let me out. Maybe if they do this. But in this case, they weren't saying about, or I guess we're going to the chat of the film now, but they weren't saying mm. it because they were trying to get out of stuff. I can, I can imagine that's the case in some cases, definitely. But they, our, Arla, Arla our minds to not are be so sure. malleable and the more vulnerable someone is and the more you isolate them. And then, I mean, without throwing the spoilers in, when it emerges what actually happened to them, under interrogation mm. and how they were treated. I mean, anyone would break and you start to just say whatever you're asked and you actually start to believe it. And that's what is so fascinating about the case and really quite sad. Um, but this is what fascinates me about true crime documentaries that are done well, that I feel like it's not just the, this obsession with like the details of murder. It's, it's kind of uncovering how much injustice has happened mm. over the years and just this, um, I don't know, you sort of question the whole structure of anyone that gets imprisoned and and just sort of this gang mentality of the police force. And yeah, so it just ticked all the boxes for me. What are your thoughts, Hannah? Yeah, well, I I found it fascinating as well. And I love Iceland. Like I went there last year for the first time and I absolutely fell in love with it. So like when I realized that Taylor had picked this one, I hadn't seen it as well. Um, But I'd heard of this case because Iceland is like, it's a place where they like they don't even have an army. Like they're yeah. really and they their police force is um what's hilarious about their police force is like if you look them up on Instagram, it's just loads of pictures of them like cycling, doing wheelies and having like <laughs> ice creams. Like genuinely, like I've written a thing recently. I've 
do, developing this uh, comedy project about the Icelandic police force. And so you're, I, you're a scriptwriter, <laughs> comedy writer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I looked into this um, this whole world really specifically, and yeah, and it's um, it's amazing how actually up until watching this this movie, I was like, oh, the Icelandic police force is really relaxed and they ice creams all the time. But obviously, in the seventies, it was a different a different world because the way they treated those people when you sort of like realize how long they're interrogating them for yeah and... they were ready to step up oh, obviously man. but this really rattled i mean sort of the introduction to the film they say this is the biggest thing that has ever happened uh crime wise in iceland in the last century because it's really a very low crime area and it just rocked this community and they talk about how few people were living there at the time like two hundred thousand people in reykjavik everyone knows each other there's so much trust yeah um i think that says so much about iceland as well that that's still the biggest like case there because something like that like the idea of two people that happened in london they'll just get swallowed up you wouldn't even hear about it wouldn't even be yeah it probably does happen. It probably, yeah, 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 I'm sure. I'm 100 percent sure it has. Been. Lots of people have just disappeared, and we've never heard about them or from them. I was fascinated too, just by this, because it sort of focuses in on this hippie culture, basically. And yes, they were committing other crimes. I mean, we learn right at the start that Erla gets involved with this guy. Oh my gosh, this is me having to say all the Icelandic Saivar. names. Saivar. Yeah, <laughs> I've spelled it phonetically just so I'd remember it. So he, she gets involved with this rebellious guy Saivar and describes, you know, how exotic he seemed and he was very charming and they start this really passionate relationship when they're both on acid and they talk about everything. And um, she admits that immediately they get into this embezzlement. She has this idea how to embezzle money out of the telephone company. Yeah. So that's that clever thing that crime documentaries go of like, oh, okay, so they were the bad, they were the bad guys. I'm just fascinated that in this backdrop, because they talk about what a bubble they were living in, that there are still these hippies that are following what the rest of the world is doing, maybe four years later than the rest of the world, but that they were immediately suspicious of these people because they were hippies. And it's just this classic story of uh, placing blame on sort of the different group. Well, hippies have been known to do heinous crimes. If you think about Charles Manson, he was a super hippie. I think it didn't help them that Manson was around this time because he had a look. I mean, because that's what they said. That's what she Mm -hmm. said, wasn't it? Is that they thought that he like he was like a Charles Manson figure and I was his girlfriend. And it Mm. is just down to their look and their lifestyle. Like, actually, they didn't murder anyone if you, you know, believe them rather than which I think, of course, you do, don't you? I mean, what's there's no evidence to say that they did. No bodies, no nothing. No bodies. Yeah, I kept waiting. You know, there's that sort of thing of like, I don't think the bodies are going to turn up here. And the <laughs> eeriness of these lava fields, because, of course, the so the first the first missing guy, I just want to try to say these names. Goodman, dear. Goodman, dear. Yeah, Good, I guess. Goodman, dear. Yeah, like I'm going to just sound like I'm making fun of Bjork the whole time. That's what worries me. Goodman, dear. Disappears this 19 year old guy. And so they go on this search, but they talk about how quickly the weather changes there. And it's just this eerie. I loved how the footage was um, spliced together. I have to say, I thought it was very well done because it's this mixture of sort of archive footage. Yeah. And then like recreations have come a long way. Like I can think of really bad. Like 999. Yeah. Oh, Michael Burke. Yes, please. <laughs> Loved it. That scared the shit out of me as a child. It's brilliant, wasn't it? Oh, it's the only reason that I didn't die in like some kind of household accident because I'd watch every single one of them and be like, right, I'm not doing anything even remotely yeah, Stay dangerous. away from all the plugs. Yeah, exactly. And javelins. Uh, <laughs> Helen, what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah. I didn't get on with it. I find it really hard to get into it. 
and into crime documentaries generally or this um, this film no i mean we've we've reviewed a few crime documentaries among the that, docs yeah mm-hmm. um and yeah i don't know i just it didn't really grab me and i mean i it's very sad that these people obviously spent quite a lot of time in prison and under quite a lot of stress mentally and an effect that it had on their lives for being in prison for something that they clearly didn't do. But also I, I think maybe I wanted a little bit more from my true crime story in that that we don't really know what the crime was in terms of like the disappearance. And it's kind of like, well, is it investigating the disappearance or is it mm. really investigating what happened to them? And I don't know, it didn't quite grab me as much as I was probably hoping for. I think with um, this film, I found I'd struggled in places where I genuinely did not know what was going on because mm. it would it, it was almost told like a like an in, inventive it's like drama. A story. It's like a storytelling. Yeah, it's almost it's almost told like an in, inventive drama film where mm-hmm. they would replay some film. You know, some films play on the on the fact that they replay the same yeah. angle in different ways. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. when it's coming from a documentary point of view and it's playing. Arda says, I went along and shot him. Oh no, we just, they just beat him up. And it's not telling you exactly that this is part of the story. I found that quite confusing at first, but then maybe standing away from it a bit later, I was like, oh, that's actually quite cool how they did that and maybe brought it back together. Mm. So I think it was a bit of a struggle at first for me to to get into my head as to what was going on in this. Because I just thought, the, the, the reason I asked about the memory thing was because she right. they, she came in for the embezzlement, which she did. She's like, I'm sorry about that. Here's a picture. Do you remember this guy? And I'm like, yeah, I remember him. He Sit was down. at a party. Yeah, he was in a party. Well, sit down. And Everyone then she was went like, to this party because Iceland's really tiny. Yeah, yeah. Really there tiny. was one party. Yeah. But then <laughs> she says, it. yeah, I, I think actually we might have killed him. But the, in that in that short statement, she doesn't, it's not obvious that the police might have like implanted that in her memory. It just, it just suddenly became the thing of, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I might have killed him. So I just thought, she had, her and Cyber had done the deed and they were trying to get out of it. So I, I just found it a bit confusing. I know, yeah, I know what you mean. I often sort of like judge a film by what I say out loud to myself, like when I'm watching it. So like, you, there's, I remember I watched an episode of Breaking Oh, here's Bad. a podcast waiting yeah. to happen. <laughs> yeah, that is just me watching a film. Um, but I remember, well, it was an episode of Breaking Bad and I was on my own watching it. And at one point I just went, shit. And, I just, <laughs> like, and I, I'm not, a kind of, like, I don't normally, you know. So what did you say here? So here, I was, uh, yeah, I was a bit like, yeah, I was going, what the is that? Yeah. Like over and over, what? Because it was, it was, and actually I watched this film twice because I watched it um, with my friend, but we watched it during the day. Right. Um, and actually it's so dark that um, I, most of the reconstructions we couldn't see on the screen, sure. which is like my bad. That's not, that's not the fault of the film. Um, but in watching it twice, I watched it again last night with my boyfriend. Right. And watching it again, it's really interesting how you see like the bit where she sees the picture and then the police, um, they tell her that she's, she's not had a nightmare and it is true. And this is what happens and that you have to remember what's happened. So it's like, you realize there that the language is more like they've told her that this is something that's happened. And, and subtly you see how they're, how they're doing it, if you see what I mean. Mm. But it's not a great compliment for a movie to be like, you have to watch it twice to get it. But I think still, yeah, I think the first time they say it to her, I'm like, that's, I'm like again, that's why I asked you, uh, Taylor. Yeah. When the first time they said it, it doesn't seem, they don't explain how they did it. They just kind of say, I think you just had a nightmare. Go, go away and think about yeah. it. And I'd be like, I think no, I, I, I'm fairly sure we didn't kill a guy. Well, so at, at this point, the police must have been so desperate because there was just nothing. Because that was a few years, was it a few years after that yeah, because happened? Yeah, 
because I was trying to, I couldn't really work out in the timeline whether they had disappeared before she did the kind of money embezzlement thing or whether mm. that was after. I think it was after, from what I understood. So this crime had been committed and everyone was really shocked. And then mm-hmm. they did their money laundering thing, got caught. Yeah. And mm. then they kind of took a hunch that they were maybe in the same group. Yeah. And went from there. See, I got so emotionally invested from the beginning because the the very first voiceover, and you don't even know who's speaking, she says, you know, memory is a funny thing. And mm. again, just because it's something that I nerd out on, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to have everything to do with implanted memories. Cool. And da, da, da. Um, so I, but what I really got sucked into was that she did this thing. She's only 20 years old. So I have this like vulnerable girl in my head and it's that they have a baby. Mm. And suddenly I just thought, oh my gosh, everything changed for her then. And she felt so guilty that she had done it. Yes, she had done the embezzlement thing. But I just, I wept a little bit when she gets separated from the baby because she just can't believe. She's like, well, you can't take me for very long. She's getting arrested. She's like, you can't take me very long because my baby's Oh my God. And then the bit where she was like, after she'd been held and interrogated for so long, she was like, I didn't know if I had a baby. Had I had a baby? Yes. That was a bit, I was like, holy shit. Like, if you're going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Question your actual memories. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a reason why you shouldn't do too much acid. (laughs) <laughs> but do you even think it's acid like in the sense that like I remember although is this a spoiler of Making a Murderer because in Making a Murderer there's something similar to this there's with some inception the, and going on with yeah, Brendan yeah, with Dassey the, yes. yeah exactly and I'm not I think he was I'm not sure that he'd done many drugs I think he was more just sort of like he just, a bit slower a li- yeah so it was kind he of was, yeah he and was after, very susceptible after a while he had this whole story about mm-hmm. what had happened with these mm-hmm. crazy details mm. but he was scared and vulnerable I guess mm-hmm. um well, when it all emerges, like, again, this, these cells that they're keeping them in just to interrogate them, you know, they're being held in solitary confinement. They're being drugged. They basically waterboarded that guy. They would find out what their worst fears were and they would just play on them. And it's just anyone would would break. So how did it actually get to that stage, though? Because when they're in prison, they've been convicted and they're there for like the two years under those really strange conditions. But... I kept I kept on finding it difficult to understand how it got to the stage where these six people were in prison for various different lengths of time, uh, one for driving a car, but then also they brought like there some like high level politicians that were supposed to be a part of the, of the conspiracy as well. Yeah, and yeah. They were arrested. The and Progressive then, Party, and like and as it would be go. <laughs> those so, progressives. So the, were the police just on a massive like bender? I, to, I don't know. I kind of didn't. You didn't get that way. No, I mean, I was just a bit like, I'm a bit lost. I'm just, just going to kind of like see what everyone else says about it. And there's one uh, police cop guy who has seen, he was properly like, no, they, they did it. Oh, they he really it. was, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. He really was. He was properly like, and he even at one point, like, and I think it was only the second, oh, I was thinking it was only the second time that I listened to it. Um, I listened to it, well, I watched it, was when he was like, those police officers did nothing wrong. Yeah. And you're just like, dude, did you not hear like the <laughs> shit they did? And he was like, they did nothing wrong. And they, and that was the thing as well, because they used a quote from him quite early on when he said, they got the right people for the murder. They got the murderer to mm-hmm. there. And you kind of just, and when you're watching it, you kind of think, well, the policeman said that. So I kind of trust what he says yeah. in a way. Yeah. And that kind of, but I think there was, there was maybe for me as well, was a bit too much false flagging throughout it. And only at the end did it actually get that whole thing of being incredibly interesting when you're like, oh fuck, they didn't, they just admitted to all this stuff. I wish they'd brought that in a little bit earlier because it felt like Mm. story-wise, great, Mm. yeah, it's a great kind of turn into your third act, but actually Mm. you're a little bit confused for the whole of the rest of it. Was that your your thoughts? Yeah, so I... 
alienated in a way. A little bit because the the actual crime becomes very much kind of like a sideline mm. and it doesn't really kind of get addressed very much until like, you know, it just kind of falls to the back. And I don't know, I kind of was expecting something <laughs> from from that because it kind of sets up that's yeah. the crime. And, and that's, I mean, it's a fascinating kind of story and everything, but I think what I expect from a two crime in terms of structure and documentary, mm. it didn't quite tick the boxes. Like, for example, the, we reviewed Casting Jojo Benet. Casting John Benet. Yeah. Yeah. That one. What did I call her? Casting um, Jojo Benet. Yeah. Um, which was very much, you know, this is a crime that we all knew and it kind of looked at it in a completely different way. Mm. That was really different and refreshing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of expecting... Something a bit more concrete, whereas this was a We bit... don't even know if either of these were crimes. Well, this is, well, like, this is that's it. That's what fascinated yeah. me. At the end, I'm like, oh, he could have just fallen down a lava shaft or whatever they call it. <laughs> they could and have the left other the country. Guy, the guy who had the son, I just thought, like, he got terrible news and then he went and I, I just figured it was a suicide. See, I've solved I it. Mean, these... And I'm not even drunk. <laughs> I can just do Whoa, it sober. All these things are possible. <laughs> I mean, do you think we've kind of been uh, spoiled by the, the nature of the, and the amount of true crime documentaries that we've had? We've got the like, Making a Murderer, the Jinx, where they're, they're feature ones, uh, not they're serialised ones, which is super interesting. You've got Serial, yeah. Staircase, podcast, that one. Oh, staircase, yeah, Flipping Staircase. The, the Keepers, <laughs> then you have the, the Casting John Bonet, Amanda Knox, and it's maybe where we just like, when we came in, what for yourself, we like maybe. flashy. Flash, I don't know. We're, I think everyone likes something different out of them. I mm. think I think that's what this. I wouldn't expect that everyone would go for this one. Like it's a very like low energy. Like the highest point in it is. Can we talk about Bjork, Bjork showing up yeah. on the Bjork. screen? <laughs> yeah, they show this footage of her talking about Christmas, and I had to text Anna. I'm like, that's Bjork, right? And she's like, yeah. I didn't. I felt like I was profiling, but that's definitely Bjork's face. So there's very little um, change in the tone of it. And yeah. it sort of has that like scandal noir, whoa. Um, but I like, because some of my favorite ones are like Central Park Five or West awesome. of Memphis, where it's all about the injustice of a case and, and the lengths that police will go to. I'm just not a big fan of the police right now. <laughs> it's worrying though, yeah. really. Because this- the police never really come out as like actually doing their jobs properly in any crime dramas crime. I've it's seen. It's so unsettling. It's so unsettling. Because you think, I mean, one thing I thought was really interesting about this is obviously it has, I mean, these are white middle-class guys, I guess, who, who are being um, victimised by the police in this and it has analogies with a lot of the stuff you see in America with, um, with the black, well, ethnic minorities getting mm-hmm. typecast. I guess there's not that many ethnic minorities. Although they did make a point of saying Saibar had these Slavic... Yugoslavic mm. kind of look so he wasn't from Iceland so maybe he's the guy we're gonna we're gonna dig into him a yeah, bit yeah yeah um, but I thought it had analogies that police are with a bit of power behind them will and also the, lean the, into the thing that was interesting is that they obviously managed to convince like the whole of Iceland as well that they'd done it yeah yes it was interesting there was mm. a bit at the very beginning when I, I think it was the lady who was saying she said you know the the media had everyone believed everything the media said because the media was completely honest in Iceland like and this was the first time it almost got a bit tabloidy and it got a bit kind of like mm. they decided that these people were guilty yeah. and like and it's amazing that it's like you know it was 74 before Iceland had newspapers fucking up and being like awful. <laughs> I know. It's kind of like, wow, okay. And I wonder what they're like now. I don't know. I mean, mm. who knows? Can we also talk about that bizarre song and dance number? What was that? That is never explained. Do you remember? The I, man in the helmet is singing about 
putting the criminals away and there are oh, women dancing yeah. in tight dresses. What's that? I mean, that was my own acid trip. <laughs> in the middle yeah. of the film, like, so that happened. It was utterly bizarre. It was like a public service announcement, but song and dance till we've caught the criminals sort of it thing. Was I don't so remember weird. that. Oh, that's mate, you've blocked escaped. it out then. Yeah, that's it. That's memory gone. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was like the true crime Eurovision. Mm. I, it was very bizarre. That was so weird. But that was a little bit of the, the documentary that was a bit of a trouble for me, was sometimes they put things in like that. Mm. And you'd be like, what What was that? I want context. I mm. want like, and actually p- mm. half the time when they were using stock footage, some of it I realized afterwards, I was like, oh, that was real footage of that real thing. Mm. But they never said that it was. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. So what What of this is proper proper footage or what's just stock footage? Um, but one thing you said earlier about um, about the injustice is I think with... Um, with true crime things, that it's either there's a massive injustice has happened or something really fucking gory has happened. It's yeah. like really, really awful. And that's why people watch. But with this, nothing really gory happened. Mm-hmm. And you don't know it's an injustice until the end. So, so it's, it's that's why I would have maybe bought the injustice thing a little bit further forward. Sure. So I can I kind of know who I'm rooting for, I suppose. But. I think, yeah, that's true, actually, because you don't know, you, like Helen said, you just don't know really what's, what's going on, who's in favour, who's not. Yeah. And the police, it turns out, are the are the bad guys at least to be honest i still don't know they may well have done it but the, the police have just carried this out so poorly that there's no way they can yeah. really yeah like, follow through on it and you can imagine the pressure again it comes down to this pressure on a police force like this doesn't happen here so you've got to pin this on someone yeah. and that seems to be the common thread in all of these cases like you have to get to do whatever it takes do, do it mean. they're like okay we'll dunk their faces in water then great we're on it. We got some drugs in the back. We'll give them the drugs. The, I just remember why the um, the politicians were brought in because they, for some reason, Cybar and the gang mm-hmm. or the police incepted into Cybar and his gang that they were smuggling in alcohol for oh, parties yeah. that they were like smuggling in in plastic cans. And I, I was just thinking that's such a there's no prohibition in Iceland. What's going on here? Why are they smuggling alcohol and then drinking it on the boat and then throwing someone someone off the boat? So it just seemed to me that that. It's such an odd memory to give someone that I didn't know if that was real or not. I thought that must be real because that's just so stupid. All I know is that alcohol is very expensive there because it's literally everything is important. Oh, yeah. So I just pictured, <laughs> yeah. like, I guess your prohibition would be like, we got cheap beer, we got cheap beer. <laughs> we got to drink it on the boat before someone finds that. Um, should we head to the scores, guys? So welcome to our scoring system. Wow. All the scores are out of five. You can have a decimal place if you wish. Places. And you you can have zeros, but you can't have any minuses. And we'll start off with you, Taylor, because it's your film with the recommendability. Oh, here come the high, the nice scoring <laughs> judge. I just appreciate the figure skating I just saw. Um, yeah, recommendability, I'm giving it a four. Cool. And, and why do you think that? Um... I just thought I thought it was really well done. I thought it was an interesting story. I think any anybody who likes the sort of subtlety of seeing how, uh, you know, someone is manipulated and sort of the stuff around memories. And I sort of appreciate the cinematic. I liked the cinematic drama mm. of it. That it's like they're almost taking us through a nightmare. They're almost showing us how unreliable memory is in the very thing. So I just rolled with that. I'm like, oh, I didn't understand that, but that's okay. I'll make sense of it later. Um, so anyone that's into that, yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah. Um, do you know what? Yeah, I'd give it 
quite high for recommendability, but with the kind of proviso of watch it to the end, because I can imagine people switching it off before the end because of how it's sort of laid out. Yeah, a little bit, getting a bit confused, particularly the bit where she got, where she says that she shot him. Mm. And then suddenly that just, that thread completely disappears. And you're just like, where, but but I thought she shot him. What, what's happened now? Um, So I'd say maybe I'd go 3.75. Ooh. I was going to say Hannah again. Helen. Too many H's. Yeah. Um, We've had two Helens in here before as well. We have. Oh, nightmare. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, so, yeah. I don't quite know who I'd recommend this to. And it didn't really... Some bits I thought were interesting, but as a whole, it, its narrative was a bit all over the place and could have done with being a bit more sort of tighter and maybe kind of distinguish between facts maybe a little bit more um so i'm going to go down the middle with a 2.5 i'm going to go for a 3.2 i think um i think it does favor people who like crime uh true crime stories but again it's a bit wayward um and i think i, I like your point taylor about how it's differentiates differentiates itself in the the memory and implantation stuff, which is kind of touched upon in things like making a murderer and other other places. Mm. But again, it's just the story doesn't really help drive it through that much as as much as I'd like. So yeah, 3.2, repeat viewing score. See, this one I find really tricky because I was thinking, are there any documentaries that I would ever watch again? And there's very few. It's very different for me than a, than a regular film. So actually, repeat score, I'd give it a 2. How many times have you seen this now? Just once. Just once. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I have a really fractured brain because I'm like, I wasn't confused. That's <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm sitting here like, oh, I'm a weirdo with like a fact. I'm like, it all made perfect sense. Well, you're sense who this is for me. then. Yeah. <laughs> it's only for me. Former psychotherapist. But yeah, repeat viewing, probably not. Uh, Hannah. Do you know what? I'd give it quite high. I'd give it a what? four. Well, you seen saw it twice. twice. Because I've yeah. seen it twice and because the second time I watched it, I uh, I got more out of it and I saw what they did a little bit more and I sort of watched it from a completely different POV. Yeah. Um, which I would actually recommend doing. Um, and... So watch it once, give it a week, watch it again. <laughs> yeah. And then let's Helen's talk. like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> time you'd never get back. But I'd go, yeah, I'd go, I'd go four just because I think that yeah, I got I got more out of it the second time. I think sometimes the repeat viewing scores is like it, it needs to be watched again. Like I've only seen Fight Club once, which is an abhorrent thing to you. I've only seen it once, <laughs> uh, and I know I need to watch it again because it's insane. I've only watched it once. I've only watched it once. Uh, but there's some films that I've just watched loads of times because it's like it's super simple to watch it. Watch it, and I don't need to think about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch Ferris Bueller's again because blah blah blah. Um, so those I think those factors do play into the repeat viewing score. Yeah, and also we've learned doing this podcast that we kind of have to watch quite a few films for it and that it leaves less time for watching the things we've seen Multiple already. Times. Yeah. <laughs> so, and also we always say documentaries never really get a particularly high repeat viewing on this no. program. No. Sorry if I screwed up the... No, uh, no but no. It, it's, it's kind of interesting. It feels like we probably all watched like a different film. If we had to each give, <laughs> each give, if we each had to give a synopsis at the start in sort of a closed room, then... Yeah. We'd probably them. all tell a different story, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of what happened to the people who were given those. Do you think that was maybe well? part of what they were thinking of, kind of just implying these weird things within your mind? Well, so we're going. That's going to be a podcast about Fritz <laughs> no. films. Just as you're watching it, do you know what I mean? When you kind of trying to remember things back, you're like, "But didn't she shoot him?" It's like, "No, they pushed him off the boat. No, they did this." I think they. I think they're trying to make you think about it in yeah. obtuse ways, but they were just. <laughs> 
confusing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to rush out to watch it again, <laughs> but maybe, Hannah, because you've sort of said how much you got more out of it, there might be a slight chance of a three. Oh, that's quite high. I thought yeah. it was good. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for 2.1 here. I can't see myself watching it again anytime soon. I'd like to, if they do come to a conclusion, a proper conclusion with the story, and they do a separate documentary, I'll watch this again before going into that one. That's kind of maybe where this will play into it. <laughs> and only then. Um, I love your decimal action. Good decimal oh, game. Well, it's not even started yet. Um, <laughs> Strap in, man. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to take it to three places soon. I can feel it. We've had pie. We've had pie. A couple of people said pie. Yeah. Um, oh, I think it was Adam Buxton. Was Adam Buxton. Yeah. Yeah. Here's one of them and someone else put pie we in We had there. someone give a really, really random one. But that's what they felt. You could just feel it. It, came, it, it emoted from them. <laughs> uh, Taylor, small screen score. Um, uh, this, I gave a three. I was questioning that. Would I keep it at a three? Um, I experimented with this because I just wanted to see how it looked. And I think to, to enjoy this, you kind of have to appreciate. I don't know. I watched it on a really big screen at home. And I just yeah. think that helped because it is a very cinematic. You have to sort of appreciate the drama and the reenactments and the so landscape. So when we talk about small screen, we mean like yeah. a home viewing, yeah. home viewing score, not necessarily on an Apple. Oh, watch. I thought you yeah. literally meant like whether it transferred just because so many people watch on their phones. Yeah. Uh, well, we, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's the point. I guess it does work in that way as well. But it's the, also the difference between kind of watching it in a, in a cinema environment. And oh, then, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. See, Hannah's seen my TV, so she knows how giant it is. Yeah, like, small screen, <laughs> says you. Um, oh, okay, I'm going to bump that up then. Um, I'm going to bump that up to a 4.5 then. Okay. Hannah? Well, I think my experience of it was that when I watched it like at home during the day, it was so dark that I couldn't see any of it. So I think that actually it would be good to see in the cinema because you actually get to see everything in complete pitch darkness um but it's not particularly cinematic i didn't think so i think maybe maybe a three so you're the opposite of uh of taylor Day, okay yeah mm. <laughs> isn't that a crime <laughs> so i watched it as on a normal kind of size tv in a tv surroundings but i think i would have probably have done better watching it on a slightly smaller screen with headphones because i found that i was just a bit distracted which we'll come on to in in the next score yeah. so i think f i should have gone smaller than i did um i'm gonna say three um i'm gonna give it a four i think it was really cool um there were some expansive scenes but they, even though there's one kind of bit where they drove into the lava fields of the hills and they said that they buried the body and then burnt it alive which turns out was inceptioned into them but that was quite a nice kind of, i love that <laughs> that was quite a nice <laughs> shot and stuff like that but yeah. most of it was stock footage including Bjork and it was like oh Reykjavik actually looked like quite a nice place but it wasn't anything that I thought was particularly cinematic um, so I think it worked quite well on the small screen so I'm going to go four overall um, and also there wasn't particularly heavy soundtrack or anything no, you needed to be no it was a bit it's just a documentary kind of thing isn't it I can't really remember actually <laughs> they so, missed a trick there they should have put some Bjork songs yeah. to back it Oh, it up. so quiet. Um, <laughs> engagement score. Um, I'm giving it a four. All right. Yeah. In it all the way through. Hannah. Uh, I'd give it a 3.5 because of the... What? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Got a catchphrase, guys. Look like out it. for it. Because of the worst. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't really very engaged. Too. Maybe that's why you're re- super confused. I know, but it just, it didn't really have, have me from the start. I was a bit like, I was ready and then... I was kind of like, oh, where's it going? Where's it going? It's not really going anywhere yet. And like, oh, it's not actually about that. It's about this, but I'm not really sure what this is. So if they brought the kind of the interest bit earlier in, they might have stuck you in the in the in the film longer. Do you think? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's just something about it that I just kind of w- washed over me a little bit. So, so two, two. Um, I agree with Hannah George here. I think nice one. Yeah, three and a half. <laughs> Um, I just yeah, I I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was really odd and just confusing, but that did. And I just wanted a resolution, which I don't think there fully was. That's no, the thing. I don't think there fully was a, a conclusion. There wasn't an answer to either of like the crime the or, or whether they what what happened in those rooms and stuff like that. Sorry, sorry, no, it was interesting that um, your man got sort of redemption by the end in the sense that everyone came to his funeral and his yeah. funeral was full and politicians came to his funeral. And yeah. so I think that that public consciousness as well had kind of shifted as well, mm. which maybe that would have been interesting to get a little bit more about that. But again, it all came so late. that Yeah, when they flashed up that his, um, uh, whoever had written his biography gave a little statement at the end and I thought, oh yeah, of course you'd be very fascinated with this guy in particular. And what a sad outcome for him like the last shots of him just drinking himself to death yeah see i love all this bleak stuff <laughs> bring it <laughs> well that gives us an overall score of 3.25 313 um i think for a documentary it's fair yeah that's pretty good yeah yeah and we as helen said the repeat viewing score for documentaries doesn't tend to be that that's astounding yeah. Yeah. um and that does tend to let them down a bit so that's i think that's kind of fine considering everyone felt anything over a three is pretty good yeah it's all right right. um taylor and hannah can you let us know where we can find you on twitter and say sayonara to the people well please do follow us on twitter at drunk women pod and you can follow us on instagram and facebook at drunk women solving crime uh we're on Acast, itunes and everywhere else you listen to your podcasts podcast every wednesday it's a lot of fun (laughs) yeah Okay, cheers guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, bye. Bye. Cheers guys, you were just listening to the latest episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Thank you to Brendan Russell for his sublime editing skills. Mighty people for the tunes you can hear right now. Please do come to iTunes and find us, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Find us on Twitter at Flix Watcher Pod and our website, flixwatcher.tv. 